Welcome to Element, the student ministry of Third City Christian Church. To find out more, go to thirdcitychristian.org backslash students. All right, so I'm going to talk to you guys tonight about the gospel. The gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, New Testament, what that is all about is that is an account, those are historic accounts about what Jesus was up to on this planet. And what the gospels allow us to do and what these stories of what Jesus did on this planet allow us to do is to see the heart of God in action. So we get to see what God thinks about us and how he feels about us through what Jesus did. And it's so worthwhile to engage with what these stories are trying to teach because there's some soul level healing that can help through all of it. So I want, I want to do three main lessons out of this story that I'm going to share with you tonight. The first one is I want to show you what Jesus's healing is like, what Jesus's soul healing is like. And then second, I want to remind you and I want to show you that he remembers you, that he hasn't forgotten about you, no matter where you are in life. And third, I want to show you that he not only is together with God and their shared Holy Spirit, but he's also together with you. And you have that access to God through Jesus Christ. It's really good news. It's a really great story. And I'm really excited to share it with you. I'm going to pray real quick, and then we're going to get into it. Um, Lord, thank you so much for what you're teaching me. Thank you so much, so much for, for my family and friends here tonight. I'm so thankful for them. I was watching them walk, and I was just like, gosh, I love these people. I'm so excited to be around them. And I pray that you open our hearts tonight to what you have to show us. You have a lot to show us uh, through Jesus. Man, we look at Jesus and we see you. We see your heart. We see the reason why we're here. And so I pray tonight that our, our hearts are softened so that we can receive what you have to show us. So it's in Jesus' name. Everybody said? Amen. Amen. We'll be in John chapter 5 tonight if you have a Bible or a phone or whatever you want to use, or you could use the Bible in the sky. I'm going to turn around and read that with you. This is John chapter 5. So sometime later, Jesus went up to Jerusalem for one of the Jewish festivals. And now there, is, now there is in Jerusalem, near the Sheep Gate, a pool, which in Aramaic is called Bethesda, and which is surrounded by five covered colonnades, which is just, it's just describing the structures around it, right? Here a great number of disabled people used to lie, and the blind, the lame, and the paralyzed. And one who was there had been an invalid, or an invalid, however you want to say that, for basically he couldn't use his body. His body didn't function. For 38 years. And when Jesus saw him lying there and learned that he had been in this condition for a long time, he asked him, hey, do you want to get well? He said, sir, I have no one to help me down to the pool when the water is stirred. The legend had it at that point that when the water moved, an angel came down and the first one to touch the water after that happened would get healed. So he's saying, nobody's even taking me down. No, I, I can't get down there. I'm, I'm tooth and foot trying to get and, and scraping my way down there and I can't get there. And while I'm trying to get in, someone else goes down ahead of me. I never get my big break, man. So I don't know how you're expecting to help me in this one. And Jesus just looks at him as if to say, hey, you have no idea who you're dealing with. Get up. And pick up your mat and walk. And at once the man was cured, and he picked up his mat and walked. This is beautiful. So I want, I, I want to show you, I want to I kind of focus in on this portion of the story when it says, when Jesus saw him laying there, he learned that he had been in this condition for a long time. And he asked, do you want to get well? So Jesus is the, the miracle healer. All miracles come through him, he, even physical healing. And a lot of us hear a story like this, and one of the first questions that come to our mind is, okay, so why didn't he heal blank, right? 
And that's okay. I think that's a valid question. I think that you can, you can ask God those situations. Like, but when we hear about physical healing, we always think about the time we prayed that our arm wouldn't be broken anymore or the time that we wouldn't be sick anymore or, or something like that. And, that, and that's, a, that's a good question, but I don't know the answer. I really don't. But I do want to suggest a way of thinking about it that might lead us to the actual answer, that leads us towards somewhat of a satisfying answer. Say you're working on two projects. You have the option of working on one of two projects, okay? These projects are very important. Very, very, very important. You know the day is short and time will go quick and you only have 24 hours to complete this project. 24 hours to complete one of the projects. And no matter what, no matter how close you are to the conclusion of that project, you have to leave at the end of those 24 hours, okay? You following me? So you're in this hypothetical situation. The world is depending on you to complete one of these projects. Very important. The first project, it'll get people really excited. Here's your options. The first project will get people really excited. It'll be awesome. People get really excited, but it'll only last a week. And after that 24 hours, the week starts. And after that week, all your work doesn't matter. The project has kind of come to an end. It's, it's, it's over. But then the second project, at first, nobody's really excited about it. At first, it kind of makes, um, makes people curious at most. But the second project is different because it'll last 250,000 years when you, once you complete it. 250, it'll last much longer than the first. And the project will live beyond your life and help people beyond when you die. It'll keep helping people, and it has this multiplying effect, doubling every time it's implemented. It's a slow start, but it has a potentially infinite impact. So project one, super exciting, doesn't last very long. Project number two, does this, it, it has some confusing beginnings, but it lasts almost seemingly forever. Which project would you choose to work on in that 24 hours? Right. Probably the second one. Probably the second one. I think Jesus knew that physical healing, just physical healing, would get people what they wanted. It would get them really excited. But that person would die in a few years anyways, right? Nobody lives forever. We'd all die eventually. But if Jesus was just in the physical healing business, what would it be worth? We all, we all die. But, but think of it in the second part, but if Jesus was in the soul healing business... If he was in the spirit healing business, that process would be infinite. It would be potentially eternal in its impact, in fact. And because even after Jesus had to go home after that short time of his project, right, there's people still today benefiting from a healing, a soul healing that happened 2,000 years ago. We're benefiting that from that today. It has almost seemingly infinite impact on what's happening. He knows these battles for physical healing are quickly over, Right? But he also seems to know that these battles and the war that's going on for soul healing means everything into eternity. And I'm not saying he doesn't do physical healing. I'm just saying it seems like Jesus is really, really interested in soul healing, really interested in healing people's spirits. So why doesn't Jesus heal everyone? I don't know. I don't know. Like, even in this story, he didn't even do that while he was on earth, but even in this story, he only healed one guy. He said there was tons of people laying around that spot in the same condition. He only healed one person. So I don't know why he chooses that, but at the same time, man, people are, are, are benefiting from the soul healing, healing of just that one, even today. 
So from what I can gather, Jesus is extremely interested in the soul healing business. Why? Because that project, the second project, right, of our thought experiment has a multi-billion person implication. It has a multiplication effect into eternity. Now, Jesus, Jesus leans down to this man and he says, hey, do you want to get, do you want to get well? And physically, yeah. But like spiritually, absolutely make me well into eternity, into heaven. Yeah, please do. Those of you who are here tonight who have, who have like not met Jesus or you, you're not sure on who he is, you're not sure of, of what he is, um, you've underestimated him and what he can possibly do, you've been extended the same invitation as the guy who couldn't get up and walk tonight. Tonight's your night to hear that invitation. And that is, do you want to get well? And physical, yeah, maybe, but spiritually, absolutely. Absolutely. I'm talking about something much more than physical wellness. It's spiritual wellness. It's what's going on in the inside. It's what's happening in, into eternity. It's very important. So Jesus is in this very moment. He shows that he has the power to heal, both physically and spiritually. He has the power to heal then, and he does also today. And I want you to see this metaphor of a paralyzed body and the possible connection and metaphor to a paralyzed heart. Heart. Some of you have been through so much, your spirits couldn't even stand up and carry you if you tried. And some of you are so wounded that your soul couldn't get up and run even if you tried. I get that. But Jesus is asking you, anyways, do you want to get well? Do you want to get well? And it goes on, the guy laying on the ground responds back. He says, sir, I have no one to help me into the pool. I, I, I'm, trying to, I'm trying to get there and someone else gets there first. Listen, we try so hard to rely on our, our big breaks. He's just waiting for his big break. Coincidence, maybe chance will get me what I need. How much does that sound like what we put our hope in? How many of you have ever put hope in a video going viral or a tweet going viral? It's like, maybe that'll be my big break. And like nowadays, you can get famous overnight. It's crazy. I'm waiting for my big break. I'm waiting for that one scouter to be at this game so that I can make it. I'm waiting for my big break. Sorry, I'm waiting for my big break. Uh, if I could only get that ACT score that catches that one school's attention, man, I'm waiting for my big break. Maybe then I'll feel better. Maybe then I'll get the healing that I'm wanting. I'm waiting for this big break. I just need this chance, this coincidence. Man, is your soul paralyzed from that yet? How empty do you feel waiting for your big break? and your big chance, and your big opportunity. How does that feel? Especially if you feel like you've missed it. Jesus isn't about big breaks. Jesus isn't about coincidence or chance. He's not just saying, maybe someday someone will carry it. No, he's all about intentionally seeing you, finding you, seeking you out, and saying, today, do you want this? Today, would you want this? Is your soul crippled? Is your soul crippled? Jesus isn't about big breaks. He's about seeking you out and picking you up out of that rotting pile that you're laying in and moving you forward. And then Jesus says to him, get up, pick up your mat and walk. And at once this man was cured and he picked up his mat and he walked. Man, this is true healing. This wasn't just a big break. This was a moment in interaction with the Savior of the world. 
because it was much bigger than that. It goes on that this happened on the Sabbath. And so the Jewish leader said to the man who had been healed, it says, it is the Sabbath, the law forbids you to carry your mat. Man, how many of you have finally just like from getting up out of this rotting spot, you finally got to this point and it feels like someone just pushes you right back down? Absolutely. There is something about human nature that sees one of its kind getting up and it shoves them down and says, no, you stay down. Has that happened to you? The moment you feel like you're standing up, the moment that you're feeling like your spirit could finally run, someone shoves you down. Man, that just breaks people. And people will do that to you. But look at the way this guy responds. I love this. Take this to the bank. Take this home with you tonight. What he says is he goes, because they ask him, they go, who's the fellow that made you pick up and walk? Who's, who's the guy who did this? And he goes, I don't, I don't know. But the man, or no, they, they say, how did, how, why are you picking up and walking? Why are you moving? He said, I don't know. The guy who made me well said, pick up your mat and walk. I love that response because here's what this looks like. Why are you so happy? Quit being so happy. Quit being so nice to people. Well, I don't know. The guy who created me said to be nice to people, and I think he's way smarter than you. So, <laughs> Right? Like, I love that heart response. Like, you're ugly. You're, you're, you're pathetic. You'll never be good enough. I don't know. The guy who made me said I'm pretty awesome. So maybe you're pathetic. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. You don't say that. Don't say that. But you know what I mean? That heart change of going, no, 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 you're actually the one that's wrong. The guy who um, healed my soul said that I can get up and smile and walk and have joy. So I'm going to do that, okay? I love that heart posture and that response. And, so, and then, so they asked him, they're like, okay, so who told you to do this? Who's telling you to pick up your mat and walk? And he had no idea. He had no idea who did that. Can you imagine that? But maybe that's you here tonight. Maybe that's you saying, man, I'm just waiting for my big break. I'm just waiting for my chance for someone to pick me up and take me down there. And you, just like that paralyzed man, are completely aware that you will never be enough to save yourself. He waited 38 years, maybe you're waiting 13, 14, maybe you're at 18, and you still think, man, I could still do it myself. If I could only get down there, if someone would quit beating me down there, man, my big break. Okay, is your soul crippled from that yet? Do you feel that? But just like him, you understand that you have a need. And you need your spirit to get up and walk again. And you don't, maybe tonight you don't even know who this Jesus guy is. Maybe you have no idea. But you've still been asked the same question as the guy laying there did. And that is, do you want to get well? You don't even have to know Jesus to accept that response. Isn't that crazy? Maybe tonight's your night to accept that response and see what that's about. And here's how and why Jesus could do this. He took your place and died the death that you deserve for the sins that you committed. And he took your soul and he made it free from the crippling weight of sin. And like, listen, the reason that he could get a paraplegic, a, a man that had no function in his feet to move his feet and to walk is because his feet were nailed to the cross for that person. You understand that? This isn't just like selective, hocus-pocus, dreamy, I hope I get picked stuff. This is action. Like Jesus did this for you. It's done. He defeated sin and death and resurrection saying, shut up, death. You got nothing on us. You got nothing on me and the people who follow me. This isn't hocus-pocus. This isn't dreamy. This is, this is action. This is true love. 
and giving your spirit a moment that's waiting for, and that's leaving the pile of rotting that you're wasting away in. And your spirit finally standing up and walking. And your soul finally feeling free to run. This is Jesus. This is what Jesus does for people. Man, he heals souls. And you're saved by that. So here stands Jesus. His arms are open wide. And he's saying, do you want to be healed? Pray with me. God, I pray tonight for the students that, that are sitting here hoping, hoping for their big break, that they look up and they see you. That they're not waiting for their big break. They're not waiting for this one chance, this one opportunity anymore. But they're looking to you and saying, I receive your offer. I receive this opportunity that you're giving me to get well. And God, even if they don't know you, I pray that tonight they get to know you. I pray that tonight that they take that step, that they reach out their hand or whatever that man did to stand up and walk. I pray for spirits to stand up and walk tonight. I pray for souls to stand up and walk, run tonight. Run in freedom and joy. It's in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, the story goes on. The story goes on and later, it says, later Jesus found him at the temple and said to him, see, you're well again. He says this to him. He says, now stop sitting or something worse may happen to you. And the man went away and told the Jewish leaders that it was Jesus who had made him well. So this section, I want, I want people who have, who have accepted Jesus to really lean in. I want people who have started this faith journey, whether you were like baptized last year and, and you gave your life to Jesus last year or you're fresh out the gate with your faith or whatever. I want you to lean in because there's a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful truth in this. A beautiful truth. And first I want to talk and just support this fact that, that this was a spiritual healing. This is a spiritual healing. Now, now we've talked about how this guy was able to get up and walk, yes, but, but it was much more than that. It was about his spirit being able to get up and walk again. Could you imagine how worthless you would feel just laying by a pool for 38 years, not being able to function? This was deep stuff. This was deep stuff. There's where you see this. In this encouragement that he gets from Jesus, he says... He, he, he mentions the physical. He's like, hey, you're, you're well again. You're well again. That's beautiful. That's beautiful. But then he references something more. He says, stop sinning or something worse may happen to you. And some people interpret this and say, yeah, sin can cause some physical ailments. Absolutely. But more so, he's probably referencing the fact that stop sinning or, or something worse might happen to you like you being separated from me. And being separated from my healing power. Like, stop. Regardless of how you interpret this, two things are true. And one is that Jesus remembers this man. Isn't that beautiful? And it's so personal. And he encourages him to continue to walk in the light and stay away from sin. He's encouraging a friend in this moment. And second... It implies that sin causes bad things to happen in your life. That's just like, that's pretty obvious at this point. So what does this mean for you? This means that your relationship with Jesus is deeply personal. It's deeply, deeply personal. Why? Because he remembers you. The scripture is talking about he went and he found this man. He found this man. When I find something, that usually implies I was looking for it. Sure, there's sometimes accidents and I find some. But most times when I'm finding something, it's because I'm looking for it. 
There's this lie from the pit of hell that tells us that Jesus forgot about us. Have you felt that way? It's a lie. He remembers you. And I want you to think back to these moments. There's these moments that we have. And people who have accepted Jesus or had these moments with Jesus, you know what moments I'm talking about. Kind of like this guy who was laying on the ground who had this moment and he reached out his hand to some guy he doesn't know. There's these moments in our lives where we can think back and we can remember, man, Jesus did that for me. Man, Jesus changed my life. Like there's these moments, whether it's gradual or instant, where Jesus changes everything. And you have these very spiritual, personal relationships with truth and the creator of the universe. And I think the lie from hell tells us that Jesus forgot about all of that. Ah, that was in the past. Like, like that we assume that just like any other human, as time passes on, we forget. We forget. But I'll tell you, that's the exact opposite of what he promises you. That's the exact opposite of what Jesus promises you. He says, I'll never leave you or forsake you. Translation, I'm always thinking about you. I'm always wondering about you. I'm constantly thinking about you. I'll never forget you. I'll never forget you. And if you're sitting in this room tonight trying to figure out how to move forward, that you're, like, you're a year in or you're fresh to this faith, man, know that Jesus doesn't forget about you. And Jesus found this man in the crowd, which means he's looking for him. There's a truth that you need to hear there, that Jesus is looking for you, that he remembers you, that he knows you, and he never has and never will forget about you, never. And this fact is, brings this beauty for the healed man, that he's reminded of this moment with Jesus where his spirit could finally run free and where his soul could finally get up and walk. And people who know Jesus in this room, you remember these moments. Take note of those moments. Remember what Jesus has done for you. Remember that time where everything changed. Remember the cross and the sacrifice that was made for you. Remember that. Don't forget it. Remember the price that he paid to allow your spirit to get up and run free. Remember that. There's something very spiritual and very personal when you take the time to remember that. And here's something for you. You want to be a kingdom worker? You want to help people with their, their walk with God? You want to help people? Remind them of what Jesus has done in their life. Do it tonight. Do it tonight in your small group. Text someone. Say, hey, you remember that time where you were this close to thinking life was just completely worthless? And Jesus did something. You remember that? Oh, cherish that. You want to be a kingdom worker? Go help people remember those moments. Go help them remember what Jesus did for them on the cross. And here's the last thing. After Jesus finds this healed man, he encourages him not to go back to the old way of life. He's saying, don't go back there. Don't go back. For those of you tonight who are struggling with where to go in your faith, how to grow, where to go, Jesus is telling you, don't turn back. Don't go back there. Don't go back to your rotting pile of whatever life was before. Don't look down. Come on, we're going. He's saying, don't turn around. Don't you go back to that. Something worse might happen. And you know what the implied opposite of that is? That's following Jesus. Through everything that life throws at you, whether it's death, <laughs> destruction, or illness, 
That's him saying, come on, hey, 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 don't turn back. Don't turn back. Don't turn back. Don't look down. Something worse could happen. Keep moving. Jesus is saying, hey, keep following me. I won't forget you. I won't forget you. I haven't forgotten you. You've seen me heal. I've even healed you. You know it. Don't forget. I haven't forgotten you. You felt me heal your spirit and set it free. I'll do it once and I'll do it again. Because here's what Jesus says. I don't forget my friends. I don't forget my friends. Jesus remembers you. And I want you to remember that. Um, we're, we're learning lessons tonight. The first one was uh, heal. That, that Jesus is so willing to heal your soul. He's so willing to heal the burdens that you carry. He's so willing to heal this broken, paralyzed spirit that can't walk or can't run. And second, he remembers you. Like, think back to that moment and remember him too and remind people. And this last one is that you're together, that he's together and you're together. And the story goes on, it picks up. In verse 16, it says, So because Jesus was doing these things on the Sabbath, the Jewish leaders began to persecute him, started to rough him up, started to go after him. And in defense, Jesus said to them, My father is always at work, even to this very day, and I am working too. Man, this is big. I know that doesn't mean a lot to us here. It meant a lot to those guys. Because here's the deal. For this reason, they tried even more to kill him. Not only was he breaking the Sabbath, their rules, but he was also calling God his own father, making himself equal with God. So there it is. Listen, people try to tell you, I mean, Jesus is he's like a good teacher. He's a really moral guy. And yeah, we should listen to him. Maybe we should pick up on some of his advice. It'd be good. Golden rule, right? That was, that was something Jesus said. Yeah, maybe I'll pick up on that. Oh, he's just a good guy. He's a good teacher. Listen. You're making up your own history at that point. You're making things up at that point. You've left reality at that point. If you believe that Jesus was just a man, nobody's arguing whether or not Jesus walked this earth. Not even atheists are arguing that. They say, yeah, he was a guy, but he's not God. That's what they're arguing about. But listen, you're writing your own history. You're making up your own reality because here it is, him going, I'm one with God. So if you think he was just some guy that people wrote about that inspired some people, you're making up your own history. And I wouldn't lean on that. Jesus and God the Father and their shared Holy Spirit are one. And what does that mean for you here tonight in this room? That means the promises that Jesus makes, you can take those to the bank. That means the things that Jesus is doing to love you God the Father, the Holy Spirit is doing those same things. Man, they're all in it together. It's community. Faith in God individually, yes. Faith in God together with other people, absolutely. Why do you think we care so much about your small groups? Why do you think we care so much about that? Because being together is so important. Because you're not only together with God through Jesus, but you're also together with people to walk through life with. Have you tried to do it on your own? How is that going for you? Do you feel paralyzed yet? 
you feel like you're scraping yourself down to the water in hopes for your big break? Together. Together is how... Thank you, adult leaders, for the ministry that you lead. Together. It is so important. Walking together with Jesus is walking with God. Tonight, I want this to be a reminder with pe- for people who have been walking with God. Maybe you've known Jesus your whole life. Maybe you grew up in church and you, and you knew the Sunday school stories. You knew all the stories. You know all this stuff. Don't believe the lie that you're enough. Don't believe the lie that what you know and your good deeds, your, your good moral state, because you're going to fall. And you're going to fail. And I'm going to fall and I'm going to fail. And if I think I'm enough, my God is puny. But listen, Jesus is reaching out to you saying, be with me. Walk with me. Don't you look back. Don't go lay back down by the pool thinking you're enough. Don't do it. Be together with me. You can't walk this alone. And Jesus is promising, I'll never leave you or forsake you. Psalm 73 puts it beautifully. There's this, there's this, uh, this translation that puts it. It says, when I was a problem child, I, I changed that. It was kind of a difficult word that was there. When I was a problem child and I was bitter, totally consumed by envy, I was totally ignorant. I was, <laughs> I was a dumb ox. How many have been there? Absolutely, I have completely ignorant in your very presence God even then you were with me I'm still in your presence but you've taken my hand and you wisely and tenderly lead me and then you bless me and then it goes on in the NIV version that says my health may fail my spirit may grow weak see that's like the first project I talked about We pretty much know that that's going to burn out someday. Our health, our physical healing, even if we are the healthiest person on the planet, we'll die. Do you know there's a 100% death rate on the planet? It'll happen. But then it goes on. And it says, but God remains the strength of my heart. That's like the second project. That's the spiritual healing that says no matter what, through death into eternity, heaven is mine through him. It's mine forever. Part of being together with Jesus is knowing the promises he made you. Do you know the promises Jesus made you? Do you know those promises? Do you know them? If not, why? Why? Do you know the promises Jesus has made you? And if you don't, go find them. Go read them yourself. I dare you. I dare you. Go read the book of John. Go read the gospel of John. I dare you. Go find out for yourself. You got to know the guy that you say you're following. Because guess what? Your Instagram posts don't mean anything or your Facebook status or your title or whatever you have. It doesn't mean anything if you don't actually know who you're following. Could you, could you even like bring a scripture to your, to your mind right now? Could you just quote one truth that you know is the truth of God? Could you do that? That's a challenge, especially for those of you who have been walking with Jesus this whole time. It's time to stand up. It's time to get on your feet, and it's time to quit thinking that what you've done is enough. Like, I'm spiritual enough. I've made it. I've made it enough. No. Do you know any of the promises Jesus has made you? Promises like, I will never leave you or forsake you. In Matthew 28, he says, 
and surely I will be with you always. The ends of the age, forever and ever. You couldn't imagine, if you follow me, you won't be able to even imagine a day without me. You won't. So this last song, I want you to celebrate. I want you to sing like you've never sang before. And if you're being a distraction to someone, shut your mouth. If you're being a distraction to someone, quit. Because like I always say, there's someone in here going through a personal hell on earth and you don't know who it is and it could be the person right beside you. Don't be the person that gets in God's way tonight. Just, for, just if you do me the favor of this last song. And if you don't feel like singing, just sit down. That's fine. But if you're standing and you're singing, let it come from here. Because we don't sing songs just so that we look good and it's fun and Rand's really good at singing. Oh, I love out. No, it's for your soul. It's for your heart. It's so that you can express what's going on inside. I hope you see that. That God is a God that walks with you. That he's together with you and he's the king who heals you. You have access to the king that created you. Do you understand that? The king of the universe. And you're together with him forever. Amen. Thanks for joining Element. To find out more, go to thirdcitychristian.org backslash students.